0: This is Your Trash Weekly with your weekly dose of trash. This is Stephanie, and you are...
1: And this is Nora. We have a guest again. I want Stephanie to introduce our subject. You know, you said you want to talk about Derek Chauvin's and his verdict. Yeah,
0: yeah, of course, because we always talk about current events, and I don't think we've talked about this yet,
1: because it happened,
0: I think, between um, we've had our last show and today, right? So
1: Yeah, so we're going to broach the subject of the verdict, and then cultural and um, basically social situations in the US and still Black Lives Matter, is that movement still going on? Because I don't hear it on the news, so I just want to know. And um, also what's going on, you know, in society today. So we have our guest, Brian, who's my co-worker, uh, and he's a VFX artist, but he's uh, also a Black Lives Matter uh, proponent and advocate. So we wanted to invite him on the show to talk about this more. Hi, Brian!
2: Hi there! Thanks for having me. Yeah,
1: yeah it's I, I, it's so awesome to have you because I just wanted to hear what's going on in your life. How was all this, you know, Trump years affecting you? And then also how there's a lot to catch up on. There's a lot sure. to catch up on.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 so glad to be here and catch up with you and 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 uh, obviously uh, be on your podcast and and uh, meet your friend as well. So yeah, um, I'd love love to have a conversation with you.
1: Yeah. yeah so, Stephanie, tell us about, uh, what do you think about the verdict? I saw it obvious. I saw it was finally. Oh,
0: oh. well, I mean, we literally, like me and my husband, we were, like, we were sitting on, cause it was evening here, and we looked at each other and was like, oh, yeah, three hours will be this decision. And I'm like, what? Three hours? That's quick. And But it was already like, uh 7 or 8 p.m. So I, you know, I was like, ah, oh, damn, it, i have to wait till tomorrow. And, um, and I couldn't sleep. Um and so I was laying and I was laying in the bed and I looked at my clock and I was like oh no, god it's eleven thirty and so I looked at my phone and then there it was everywhere and I couldn't believe it I actually I sadly couldn't believe it, <laughs> um but I'm I'm very happy about it of course yeah uh, I, I think I, it's, this is this is huge for the U.S. I think and for the police force
1: what do you think Brian
2: yeah I think I think uh, George Floyd's murder has been on the mind of uh, people around the world lots of movements have come up all over the world not just the United States, but um, you know as as uh, h- Happy about the verdict as as everybody is I think Everyone was was not expecting it to go that way um, The police for a long time uh, in our country in the United States have been sort of um, They've been given uh all kinds of pardons and passage for uh murdering people of color for years now and um every time one of these kind of cases comes up the verdict is always that they felt it was justified and the
0: yeah.
2: you know the the justice system seems to be more protective of them than they are of the people
1: so yeah, yeah. i totally agree and, with yeah. that but this time you know you could tell the prosecution was trying like really to be honest about what happened and really trying to take this officer accountable and then of course the defense because I saw the first day when the defense brought up well there was drugs you know and of course that's their usual go to argument well the officer felt threatened because the uh, person was on drugs and you know that that should be that that doesn't equal anyone to get a death sentence you know just because they are on drugs but that used to be the go-to argument and the go-to win while well, they were on drugs we had to shoot people and yeah. now that's not working anymore so it sort of sets a precedent and they were i think the prosecution was very good about like not taking that like that is not an excuse you don't murder well, people a, who are on they drugs they
0: had a good jury too i mean they, they they said how what the jury was and it was like a bully Great mix of people. I mean, people of color and old people, young people. Are from all like rich people, uh, poor people. I mean, from what I've heard, at least they really they had a good jury. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I think uh, I think they were under a lot of pressure. The yeah. the, sad, the sad part about this uh, specific case is is how uh, how how present it was uh, to everyone, how top of mind it's been. Uh, you know, throughout the entirety of, of the, the COVID nineteen uh, kind of pandemic, um, it's kept us inside, which has focused, made us focus on the news. Which, you know, there's a video of this. There's so many eyewitnesses. I mean, it took, I mean, it took a lot, yeah. for our justice system to really hold this person accountable. And I yeah. feel like if we didn't have the video, if we didn't have all these eyewitnesses, if everyone wasn't inside sitting in front of their TVs watching this stuff, it may not have gone that way even.
1: No, no,
0: I don't think so because this has been happening for decades. It's
1: no, just I agree it's with Brian. This was a cultural, this was a cultural moment due to COVID nineteen. Everyone had it, it. was a burst moment when, when finally people, people just had nothing else to do and they were able to pay attention. And the and honestly, the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, and the protests really came out of a frustration. Also, it was it was just a combination of, of of many things, and it had to happen finally, though. Um, I'm actually curious what's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement because it's not being reported on as much anymore that I see. What's happening? Yeah,
2: yeah, that's that's a good thought. Um, uh, I'm a, I obviously don't speak for Black Lives Matter, but but you know I'm obviously <laughs> a, a, um, an advocate and an ally uh, to uh, transgen- transgendered folks, people of color, uh, you know LGBTQIA folks who uh, you know continue to sort of be. Uh, pushed to the side and slain by police officers and, um, you know, alt-right white ring, white nationalists who are sort of um, uncomfortable with people who are different. Um, and so, I, you know, I try to speak honestly about those topics when I can. And um, and yeah, Black Lives Matter um, was huge during the Trump era. Um, I think partly because of, of the moment that Trump brought about uh, for our country, people were so outraged that he could even become president, and then his talking points only s- sought to, you know, to further divide our country, and uh, honestly, other countries too. I'm I'm really interested in, in, you know, the outside perspective of like someone who's not uh, on United States soil and 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 what that felt like from the outside too. So I'd love to hear Stephanie's Stephanie's side of that as well. But but I think Black Lives Matter. Um, has has done their job throughout those four years that he was in office of of bringing things to light and and making sure that people could could pay attention, um, and I think now that uh, Joe Biden is is president and our country is is really pivoting, especially because of trials like Derek Chauvin and and some of these other cases, Ahmaud Arbery and some of these other cases where where people didn't get justice. I think Black Lives Matter still has work to do, but they're not they're not pushed so far into the limelight to be the direct opposition to the most powerful office in the United States right
0: yeah how much how much do you think really that like my cynical side is always like okay yeah this is one case but then there's Breonna Taylor there's since that case there have again black people been killed by police Mm -hmm. my cynical side is always like yeah you know they want to do this one thing to maybe shut the movement up or or you know I don't know put a band-aid on it I
1: agree. That was part of it. That's what they really did. They did a bit of a theater too, which was known. But Uh uh, you know, it still sets a precedent, and in at least it comes from the highest places. And I think it will trickle down to those backwoods courts and the small little counties. Eventually, you have to start somewhere. Unfortunately, this is just a start, but it's in a good way. It's a start. But unfortunately, why now in 2021 is it just a start? That's my big. You know, question. You know.
2: Yeah, but. I mean, it's a brick, right? If we're building a house of justice, this is the first brick in that house, and I think we we needed that first brick, right? Every yeah. police union, every uh, you know, court in the United States, it was against the idea of convicting a police officer. We've we built this institution so high that that, and and we've we've shown them to be or we've, we've spoken of them to be, uh, these people who fight for justice and they protect us and all these things. And so when we shove one of them out there and say he did wrong, everyone's so quick to sort of coddle those people. And that's why it's been so hard to sort of, uh, push past that person is supposed to be a protector and see them as the murderer they are. And Derek Chauvin is the first of the, of, of many, I hope in the future who, continue to help us lay those bricks so that the next time this happens, we have a, we have a a, 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 slate, a precedent to be like, well, we convicted him there. So why can't we convict this guy here? Right?
1: No, I yeah. completely agree. And I think, you know, this, the police force is not all bad. It's not anymore. There is a lot of African-American and people of color police officers who are already there. They may just have, you know, in, been in a minority and the silence, but I think, you know, the, this will push it over the whole like normalizing what's the new thing that's coming which is hopefully none of this anymore it will i have big hope that it will be erased the racism and well what i wanted to talk about is this other way that how it's enforced culturally and economically from the government which is in the book that i brought but i'm not sure if we are ready for that conversation yet because i mean i just want to brian to Go back to his question. Did you feel during Trump era any sort of uh, differences? How, how did it feel in Germany for you, Stephanie? As far as
0: oh, I mean, I was in Ireland, but um, oh, you
1: were during that time. Is it still in Europe though? Yeah, Ireland is yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, the Trump era is yeah. It, America was looked at, you know, like the laughing stock. It was it, people just put on the news to laugh. Like they, it, nobody took it seriously. Um, yeah, it said that,
1: you know, Europe had nothing, they couldn't do anything better but to laugh at it because it was so fucking outrageous. I was here as a European, I was like, this man never will get elected, which I've said many times on this show. And, the, the, you know, because Brian, like we are immigrants, I'm an I- immigrant, you know. And so to me, yeah. uh, when I came to this country, I did not know the depth of this racism and how it's built into the systems. How its built in so I just lived here like I would live in any other European country like this is the world this is what I'm doing this is what I, I can thought do- there
0: was I thought there was absolutely no racism.
1: I never, I totally we didn't know it existed. I came
0: to the US, I thought there was absolutely no racism at all because of how many colored people there are. And because of all the shows I've watched, I grew up watching The Prince of Bel-Air and I'm like, yeah. they're totally integrated. There's no separation. Like yeah. I thought that I really didn't, I was completely naive. And I loved LL Cool J
1: <laughs> growing up. I couldn't wait to go and dance to the hip hop. And I was... I didn't, we were blinded by, by this. So this as an immigrant, you know, coming to America, we didn't know. And it took, I think years, 10 years for me to live here and finally see like, holy shit, this is insidious. And this is still going on. Um,
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't blame, you know, like 2021, 2020 has been the year where people who don't experience uh, outright racism—the way that people of color and and uh, you know uh, people of those those um, persecuted groups do—and and so you know these all of these uh, news stories and all of these moments where we're we're sort of seeing that that take place right in front of our eyes has opened a lot of people's eyes, and I think that's that's good. I don't I don't hold anybody um, uh, accountable for for their naivete about our our country, right? Because we promote it to be this sort of freedom first, everybody gets a voice type type place, but, but we don't follow through on that uh, culturally and socially uh, in this country at all. And so when people say stuff like you guys are, where it's like, oh my God, I, I, I didn't know. Um, sometimes people of color are a little taken aback by the idea that you could not know. Uh, me, me personally, I try really hard to be open-minded and say like, oh, I could totally see how you could have gone through several years of life and never have experienced any of this stuff or seen any of this stuff. And then boom, one day you see uh, a person of color being beaten by the police and you're like, Oh my God, this, this happens. And you go read an article, you go read several articles, you read a couple of novels by people who have experienced this or seen people experience uh, who have experienced this. And like, you know, and then you, you get your eyes open and that's, yeah. that's what's happening to lots of people like yourselves.
1: Yeah, it, it did. And you know, my husband, uh, is, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to identify him by anything. He doesn't identify by any sort of person of color or anything. It's just the fact that, you know, when he's uh, ten, he looks, um, you know, Latino. And in Southern California, I think he experienced the gump being pulled on him or some stuff. And he just told me about what? this story because he was fixing his car you know in a dark alley sort of like well, you know when your car breaks down and uh and the police officer in Socal pulled the gun on him and he was like okay with this and i was like dude man shit what the fuck and and to well, me that to. was <laughs> my first like holy fuck if you look different these guys act completely differently and since then i'm really like looking out for like what is really going on you know
2: yeah that that totally makes sense and that and that's not the only what, what's funny is like people like to, or not funny. It's it's unfunny actually. Is people like to say that in instances like that, instances like what happened to your to your husband, are are so few and far in between, and it's not every day that that takes place. But but it's that's that's one of you know hundreds of stories that I have uh, from people who I know and, and friends of mine and myself who have had experiences like that where you're following the rules, you're not doing anything wrong. And all of a sudden, you're in trouble with someone, not because you've done anything wrong, but because they didn't like the way you looked. Yeah. You right? look have, you, have you
0: gotten pulled over and, and got, had any kind of bad experience of a cop or personal? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can I can give two examples. One is um, a really good friend of mine, Um, and I won't say his name because I, I don't know how he feels yeah, about yeah, being course. on this podcast, but a really good friend of mine uh, and I grew up together and he used to come to my house and I used to go to his house every day and it was around that time when we both got cars and we started driving. We were really excited um, about being mobile in high school. We're both African-American. So teenagers. So teenagers. Yeah, teenagers. Yeah. We're both mm-hmm. African-American. And um, he tells me as he as he, he leaves my house one evening, we're playing video games, he leaves my house one, one evening, and he gets back to, the, to his house, which is like three blocks away, uh, and he drove uh, to, to come hang out with me. And he tells me this story about how a police officer pulled him over Um, at a stop sign and they said license and registration and he reached for his glove compartment to give him the documentation he needed and they pulled guns on him Mm. and and he's following the rules he's not doing anything wrong they have no probable cause to think that he has a weapon and then boom all of a sudden there's a gun in his face right yeah that that stuff is traumatizing to people of color and and it and it doesn't do what they imagine it should, which is to make us feel more protected. It's, 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 it's actually the opposite. We,
1: we, yeah, you feel like you've been held, like you've been threatened, obviously. I mean, from my, if, if someone did this, but you know, I never experienced this treatment. And in fact, I experienced the opposite when, you know, I'm speeding along the highway and then the, the person leans through the little sunroof and he's like, I'm late for school. And they're like, all right, just go. And you know, so. Obviously, our experiences are completely different, but we need to hear that these are real. And, that, and you know, that talk happens to African-American households, to kids. I don't know if you oh, got yeah. the talk.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I grew up, you know, uh, with all African-American people around me. My, my family is uh, from the Virgin Islands and, and every, everyone looks uh, like a dark-skinned African-American person. There's no white passing people in my family, really. And, uh, and yeah, of course, that was a conversation with my mom and I, hey, you keep your hands on the wheel, you keep your hands where they can see you, you always follow directions. You know, that's, that's the way you stay alive. And, and people of color have been telling them, telling their, their children that same rigmarole for years and years and years now. And um, it's just so culturally sad. present, present now that, that people are seeing that, but that that is a, an age old tale of, of how African Americans Uh, keep their children safe
0: yeah I mean that's just that's just so sad I can't I can't yeah I can't even comprehend that it's just because I mean I but even and I'm obviously not a person of color but I even notice in America like you are the cops are always there to like scare you or to catch you in something, and it's never being to be protected. But of course, it's nothing like being no. A you, of color.
1: you you can you but, can feel their superiority in the way they have already. They have the gun. They handle themselves with like they are in the right. You're in the wrong. Even if it's just like a simple thing, if it's a stop sign, you 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 passed. Even they can appear like you're just being sentenced, you know, or something like like they just act very overly. Um, I I experienced this in Southern California more to be honest but I can imagine the Southern states just being like you know uh, even worse in this I I don't know but yeah I mean I mean you know recently last uh, two summers ago when we were still able to go places we were out fishing at the local reservoir and there was this girl sunbathing we were just seeing that oh she's laying around she's sunbathing and we were there with my kids and my family and all of a sudden cops pull over. And they just, you know, wake her up. It turns out she's been drinking. She had some whiskey bottle near her. I mean, I didn't notice. I didn't a shit and she looks like sleeping. But like, you know, in Europe this would be like nothing. It's a girl getting drunk by the beach who gives a shit and all of a sudden someone called her in and they were there for four, three, four hours trying to take her off this beach. And she's cursing at them. So it's not just... It's becoming, you know, usually females now, they attack, like, and they, they had to call out four cars to take this one girl away for some reason. That so I couldn't find why. cars? Wow. Yeah, and they say, that's what I mean, it's like, they say always like, oh,
0: America's a free country, is, a free co- is it though? Because, like, I can get drunk in Germany on the streets any way I want, I can be naked on the streets, you can actually have sex on the streets
1: if you really don't, want to. Well, I mean, you but know, I, but... That's here not too because it happens you know? in san francisco because the homeless are out there doing whatever they want and you know but but i'm just saying like you know this girl and then you know I, my kids look at the police and i'm just like fuck don't look this is disgusting what they are doing to this girl and i was gonna say something but i mean my kids are there and i can't even say something because i mean like, these motherfuckers will shoot me or arrest me in front of my children
2: exactly yeah, yeah. I would
1: be scared to say and sometimes. so i was just like I'm terrified. And I took a video of it, but I was scared to take a video, to be honest, because I'm scared of authority. And I, you saw the video, Stephanie? I don't know if you saw it, but it really upset no, me I of how they treated I this poor know. girl who's just laying there. Okay, she's drunk whiskey. What the fuck is that? The end of the world?
0: Yeah, yeah because that... it's illegal to drink in public.
1: Oh, it's... yeah, but I mean, is this the biggest issue you have?
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, that, that kind of brings up some stuff that, that I've re- really been interested in lately which is, um, it's about, uh, sort of the movement in the United States to defund the police and people mm-hmm. kind of, um, I was
0: going to ask you about that. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I was just going to say people kind of, um, it's kind of a misnomer in that, uh, people believe what it means is to sort of abolish the police, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Remove them from society. And, and that I don't think, at least in my opinion, isn't, uh, what anybody is actually asking for uh, what, yeah. what. What defund the police actually means is take some of the funding from and, and I don't want to mansplain this. Right. But I'm, I'm just just for your, your listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's take some of the funding from the police departments that we're funneling into to, to give them more, uh, you know, high caliber weapons and more police vehicles and more tanks and more stuff that our country doesn't need on the streets.
1: Yeah. The military put, militarization, which yeah, they could and honestly then, and rename them, it not demilitarize police and i'll be happy with it the defunding sounds a little bit bad and bad marketing that's all i have to say about those expressions because expressions matter and it gives a right gives an opportunity for people to say you want to polish bullish police what's a stupid idea and easy to go against
2: yeah um, no i i totally agree that that the, the messaging on on that that part of the movement has been really mixed and people have been uh, even people who are really against police violence have have sort of felt uh, uneasy about the idea of, of of getting rid of them. And and again, defund the police doesn't mean that. What it means is all of that money we're funneling into the police departments uh, that that is just sitting there or being used to de- to defend people like Derek Chauvin and 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 all these people who are on trial. All of that money we're giving them to sort of do this job of killing African American people. We remove some of that money and we put it into programs and institutions that can really help in situations where police officers don't even want to be involved and where they're not necessary. For, for instance, the woman who's on the beach who you're speaking about, who has the bottle of whiskey there, clearly has has an issue going on. Whether that's the one day that she got super drunk on the beach or that's her 10th day there, there are, there are different people to help that woman get the help yeah. that she might need The police with guns and batons and violence. Yeah. I mean I understand what you're saying,
1: but like us as Europeans with Stephanie, I mean what's wrong with drinking at the beach?
2: (laughs) You 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 totally can. You totally can, but but I guess if someone is going to be called and we're gonna send somebody to check on that woman. My hope is it's not a person with a gun who could take her life Yeah, if she's yeah. having a rough day that And
1: day. you know what? It got out of hand quickly because they angered her and they put her in such a situation from the beginning where she had nothing to do but look crazy and angry and scream at them, which I would have done easily too. And I was there just feeling for her all this time and I couldn't yeah. do anything because I was like, I'm not going to get in trouble in front of my kids like this. I... It's such a shitty situation. You know,
0: what you put in money is exactly what you get back. If you
1: put in a lot of
0: money into the police force, then you get more of the violence and the police. Yeah, you get force, right? Exactly. And if you put more of the money into mental health, then maybe we wouldn't have as many instances where people have those issues and police need to be called in the first place. And also, I agree with somebody, you know, somebody else comes that is better equipped to handle the situation. Because the police, they, they don't help. That's why they, they put the, all the drug addicts in prison and then. And, and they don't them. want
2: to. They don't want yeah. to. They've said it themselves outright. We're not equipped to handle that part of yeah. this job. And so exactly. we, we as a society should be making uh, moves. To make sure that they don't even be put in a situation where they have to deal with a homeless person with schizophrenia or yeah, uh, yeah. A, a woman, a yeah. mother who just lost her child and, and needed to drink on the beach or whatever it is, right? Yeah, like, I agree. They, they don't need to be the people
1: yeah. who
2: approach that person. But it's see, someone else's yeah, job and that, they don't even want to do that job.
1: That dis- that yeah. system got dismantled a while back, which is kind of brings me to the point of the book I, I, I wrote, which is The Sum of Us by Heather McGee. And she is one of those, uh, you know, prominent uh, speakers about uh, economics and, uh, you know, the law and all this. um, That, you know, kind of society has these layers that the public goods have been taken out through a long period of time. And we don't have anything that is for everyone. And partially the big reason for this, she she argues in the book, uh, is because they... Republicans got this messaging that if we start sharing goods with people of color, white people will have less. And that was the root of their messaging, that it's a zero-sum game. If if these other people will start taking, you'll have less. And that's not even, that's well, not that's true. that's
0: the same thing they're doing with the immigrants. They're taking your jobs away so you have less. It's the same thing. It's propaganda. It's been going on for years and years and years and years. And it's terrible. I agree. I mean...
1: Yeah, the thing is, though, it's been built into their policies. It's been built into the governmental policies that are being created. So, you know, look at what's going on in public schools. It's hanging by a thread in this country. Um, Look at what's going on. There is non-existent mental health for just anyone. That's why the homeless and mental health crisis. Um, I mean, this, this this is... And this being created... This is not just manifested by nowhere. It's been created by well, we don't need that public thing, and they just took it out. Just you know, so the newcomers or the or the people of color or not everyone can have it. But you know, in the end, this is what you get. You get a result of like it will be shitty for everyone. You
2: know? Yeah, yeah. That there are there are a lot of really um, prominent writers, uh, pe- people. Um, like the person's book who who you're reading who who talk at length about how we in the United States actually created the homelessness state, right? We we yeah. we create poverty because because white people wanted to keep their wealth and they didn't want to help the every man. And so we put these people in this position where they can't fend for themselves and they can't, you know, feed their children. And then we created institutions where we said, well, why is that person not taking care of their child? Okay, well, now we'll take away their child. And then we leave them traumatized, and then we're like, well, why is that person, you know, traumatized on the, side, on the sidewalk? But we don't create the institution to help them with that trauma. We, you know, like, we, we've created a situation where those people can exist, and then we left them to deal with it on their own.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And then, you know, once I saw it, you know, uh, I mean, once I understood it, to me, the only response I was is just to get the fuck out. I really wanted to go back to Europe, no matter what goes on there. Europe is not, my country is not great. It's terrible, actually, right now. But because I just didn't know how to deal with it. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't deal with this because I I don't know. I don't know how to take this in. And (laughs) just as a family, you know, and I live in Richmond, which... Uh Heather McGee mentions in her book specifically that Richmond, after World War II, has been left to its demise. It's surrounded by about three oil refineries, toxic waste dumps, and, you know, a lot of negative... And everyone knows, you know, uh, what it's like. The school systems are, are not great, we know that. Our kids are still in public school elementary despite this, but everyone knows the troubles of Richmond in the San Francisco Bay Area. So, you know, these, these places just left of, uh, of their own devices and there is, and on purpose, basically, on purpose.
2: Yeah. That kind of reminds me of, um, you know, what's been going on over the past, I think it's even been like, like five to 10 years in Flint, Michigan, where the, all of the, the water, water. is, mm-hmm. is, is essentially undrinkable. They're, they're in like a, like a desert, essentially, because. Of all of the pollution and and all of the things that uh, the uh, the like big corporate industries have done to their natural resources, they are sort of uh, without some of the things that are are necessary for life. And yeah, they, we haven't that hasn't even really been. And you don't totally hear anything dissolved.
0: about it anymore. You don't hear yeah. anything about it anymore. I think about it all the time for some
1: reason, but yeah. Yeah, I think about it all the time uh, because of resources. And we, drinking water is one of the basic resources uh, a government should offer to their people. I mean, a first-world so-called government, the U.S. is. But once you see the depth of these things, and, you know, it all comes from the fact that um, the white politicians on the right especially, well, I'd say on the left some degree, Democrats seem to be awakening now, to, to be honest, because there is nothing else to do for them. But for a long time, they were, I think, complicit. That's what I think. What do you think, Brian? I'm sure they are complicit. I yeah, know, I think I
0: them.
2: think it was. I think it was. It was uh, popular, right? Uh, at at one point in this country, everybody owned slaves, right? It was it was uh, a source of wealth if you were a white person who had a plantation and a bunch of slaves. And uh, to that point, by the way. Uh, just if people who are listening don't know, the the police department, law enforcement as a whole, started out as slave catching. They were they were sent out to grab slaves who had had run off their plantations, who had left their slave masters, and bring them back to slavery. That was their original intent. And then the United States as a whole had converted that slave catching. Into what we now call law enforcement, and so it's it's no wonder that we don't really know what the police are supposed to be doing, and neither do they. At, at at some points, they're like they're sort of put in all these situations where they have to deal with people, real people, and all they've ever been trained to do is use force to stop yeah. people. And, uh, yeah, of course. And I just think that that's that's such a it's, it's such an archaic thought process. It's so gr- grotesque. And we never took the time to just stop and say, "Do we need that anymore? Do we need slave catchers anymore? Slavery's gone; it's been gone in a lot. Well, it's it's transformed now. There's and there's lots of material about yeah, about the yeah, new yeah. Jim Crow and things like that. Yeah. But but in this way, does law enforcement still reflect what it is we need them for? Right? Do do are yeah. we are we treating the homeless and people of color the same as we did, you know, years and years ago when we when we treated them as slaves or or are we equal in the way that we try to uh, sort of showcase to the rest of the world?
0: And I, I always wondered, being German and the way I grew up, because I had to, obviously, the Holocaust. And um, I personally did not kill anybody. But the way we obviously, just so, just so you know, um, but in school we, have to, uh, we had to all learn what we did like what we did it was drilled into us we had to go to concentration camps we had to i mean we had to really learn it's like i still have we still have to atone like for everything we are still being made feel like to feel guilty and and look what we did and how dare we ever even think about this again and no i understand no i don't think with slavery you don't that's not what's being taught in schools in the u.s like look what we did look what we did and and this is something we should never ever be doing again and like the way the way we learn about the holocaust is like so so different than how americans
1: learn about the slavery because it's it's, it's just being, same. it's just being covered up and whitewashed in a degree, don't you guys think? Because um, now it's a little bit different, maybe, because they are really starting to bring in Black Lives Matter movement and just like um, uh, the thoughts of what's happening into elementary school, which, to be honest, I'll be, it's a little bit confusing for my five-year-old, because he just started to point out recently, oh, people of black uh, skin, they they are sad and all this, and then we were like sitting at the table and they're like, oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, sh- sure, you don't, he doesn't understand what he's talking about, but, yeah. I do, you know, I, I, to me, I, it just seems like, you know, <laughs> I'm walking along a street with him and you're black, he's pointing at people by their skin color, it's a little fucking embarrassing, so I actually <laughs> mentioned to the teacher, like, hey, I mean, I know it's important to talk, but maybe this talk can wait till, like, a little bit higher grades, because he doesn't, doesn't know what to say, and I don't want people to think I'm teaching him this
2: ideas yeah yeah I, I i'm not a parent so i totally i could see how that could be confusing and trying to figure out you know at, at what time is it appropriate to sort of broach the topic of, of racism and and how people are different and you should treat them the same and um you know for what it's worth however you handle it as a parent as long as you're trying your best to sort of allow them to to understand that differences are, are a good thing you're doing you're doing the right job so so don't feel weird that your kid is just curious as early as he is. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I, think, I, I, think I just know he has fine. many friends from the school because we are in Richmond. I mean, everyone has uh, different nationalities, colors. Uh, you know, we are all like mixed here. Actually, I love it because of that. And that's why I wouldn't move back to Southern California per se. It was scary to me. But anyways, um, uh, you know, so I, I, is, I, I love this diversity here. And then um, I just don't want him to go like... Bobby or, or whatever, you know, Tyrone is a black child. I don't want the kid to knowingly like identify this, I, you know, but that's just my little pet peeve right now my, I'm dealing with. But I, back to Stephanie's point, I understand. I think in education, this should be addressed. Instead of taking the books off the shelves that talk about racism or mention that this happened and, you know. You have to talk to be, about more. We yeah. had to
0: watch videos of people being killed as, like, I mean, I wasn't five. Uh, we were already in high school, of course, but, you know, we we had to, years, years, just yeah. talk about that. And the strange like, fruit hanging on trees,
1: nobody knows to... what that means. I only know because I love music and I listen to, you know, Billy Holiday and I'm really curious about black culture and like the, the different cultures, to be honest. And, uh, and, and, oh my God, like this is, there's a lot of darkness in the U.S. past and it's a short, short little history. But there's a lot well, I, there.
0: I always said, I mean, because I, I, that's just because I believe in energies and stuff. I mean, America was basically built based on blood. I mean, they were killing the Indians, so like, it's not surprising that there's still kind of there's still remnants of it because they're still killing each other like crazy. I mean, that's another reason why we don't have uh, those um police shooting anybody here because. The police never suspect anyone here to have a gun. So there is no reason to shoot anyone, you know, because they're they in America, I can, I can understand why sometimes maybe an officer is too quick to pull the gun because anybody could have a gun and anybody could shoot at them. You know, I understand that that side of it, but you don't yeah. have that here.
2: I, I think um, there, are, there are politicians and people who have been trying to... Um, you know, figure out the, the appropriate way to allow people to exercise their their uh, their Second Amendment, but also, yeah. s- you know, still um, try to level the playing field for, uh, you know, for individuals because because to, to, to Nora's point, um, and I'm sure you think about it all the time because you have you have children. Like school shootings are such a huge part of our culture now. They happen all the time. Where there's this there's there's a young kid. He's disgruntled about something. And he's, he comes from trauma of some kind in his past and he goes to whatever Walmart or one of these places where he can just go in and no one's looking at his, his, his license or how old he is or whether or not he should have that, that gun. And he buys a hundred round magazine type weapon and sprays it at everyone in his school. And in seconds, multiple people are dead. Right. And so It sort of creates this situation for police officers, if I could give them maybe some credit in that, how do I know I'm not going to step into one of those situations now, right? And and if I were, you know, someone like Nora who has kids who are going to school, that would be my fear all the time, too. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, I mean...
0: Yeah, that's so, not explaining the Derek
2: Chauvin case, though. Or no, Briotera, not, a, not, or at all, idiom, not at all, not at all. None of
0: them, because that is like just blatant. I mean, it, 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 people of color are being like killed in their sleep in America. That's that's how exactly, extreme exactly. it is. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. no, so. no, but this, this is the multiple aspects this country is struggling with. And you yeah. know what? What's the sad part is, I mean, I'm hoping this is just a generational thing. And eventually that generation is going to go away and their newer generation is emerging anyway. It's more mixed. Wow. And more... You're really
0: optimistic
1: there. <laughs> I am really optimistic because no, there is nowhere to, to go but to evolve, in my opinion. I hope. I really have to hope because, good Lord. I mean, I can go on. Brian? You too, you, you sound like yeah. you're awesome.
2: No, I, yeah. I, am, I am an optimist. I am an optimist. Okay. I know I've, I've been speaking really, really... Um, maybe cynically throughout this conversation, but I I am optimistic about the future, uh, like Nora is as well, that at some point, people who are intelligent, who don't see everyone as an enemy, who don't think they need these huge weapons, who you know, like all of these sort of small, uh, loose threads are going to tie together, and people are going to see that we're better together than we are apart. That's my hope. hope
0: I
1: hope you guys are right. Yeah, I, I do. No, and so. I, I think it's a generational thing. And I think now, thinking back uh, of what's what's really happening here, is they changed racism. It never went away. It was just silenced and done so passive-aggressively and quietly. It was hard to notice. And then it was put into policies in this way, where, you know, in her book, Heather mentions that, you know, some states in Alabama and some places in towns in Alabama and Louisiana, they would drain their public pools in the past, because they thought, oh, public pools, a great idea of everyone hanging out together, but everyone to them at this place meant all the white people of every social class, like, you know, the poor white people with a little bit more, uh, you know, middle class white people and the class systems of this country. And then, um, you know, as soon as everyone in their society meant African-Americans as well, well, we can have that, they immediately decided to just drain the pool and all of a sudden it cannot be a public pool anymore so they decided to build communities with gates and pools inside that and that's that's segregation again it's just subtle it's not it's not done you know in a way that it used to be but it still no. happens.
0: Maybe one day we'll look back and we'll see that Donald Trump was actually a good thing because he the, brought the to light. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Catalyst. I was looking for that word. He was especially, yeah, he was a, he was a catalyst and he brought everything to light that needs to finally be addressed. And sounds like it might be.
2: Yeah. I, I think a lot about, um, what Nora's saying about how racism has become more subtle these days. It's like, uh, I don't know how, how, um, uh, you know, on the the thread you guys are about what's happening in, in uh in georgia with uh, all, like all the voting laws and stuff oh my
0: god
2: how they're sort of like
0: latent racism
2: yeah it's so <laughs> it's it's such an except like it's so in your face that i'm, I'm almost <laughs> appalled that they didn't try to disguise it more but in, in some way it is disguised in that they're trying to make it out to seem like uh because uh democrats won georgia and got Joe Biden elected that in some way, some, some kind of cheating took place. So no more handing out water to people or yeah. giving them snacks or the you know, allowing of them to, to, to yeah. vote outside of the nine to five working hours, which, you know, for what it's worth, all the, the impoverished African-American people who are trying to you know keep their kids in school and work their nine to five to pay the bills only have outside of nine to five to vote. So what they're hoping for is all the rich white people who don't have to work every day. And have all the time between nine and five, can go stand in line and vote for as long mm-hmm. as they want. And of mm-hmm. course, they're gonna bring their own snacks and their own water. It's just like, it's so, uh, such an aggressive way to be like, we wanna make sure that only white people are voting in the state now.
1: Yeah, it's, I, it's I agree. It's just terrible. And how, it's,
2: how blatant it is. How blatant it is. It's
1: just. It is blatant, uh. but if you don't pay attention, it's very actually a, a tactic that works. And if you don't pay attention, you just see the result. Like, you just see the. You know, like oh, I can't go vote, and then you know, she, some people have to work or something, do jobs or whatever. Uh, but a lot stupid of people are paying attention these days. What? Thank goodness! This is why depressed. the change will happen because everyone is paying attention and um, hopefully supporting. Uh, you know, the, these integration of to, the society yeah, you have to, to move go forward. a way
0: to not hear about this. So it's it's actually it's good that it's getting so much press. I mean, this is.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to bring up is that Heather um, McGee brings up in her book is student loans, how they enable the generation, uh, disable the generation from moving forward because instead of, uh, you know, they put it this huge gate in their progress by gating the progress of entering into a higher class in society with your brains, uh, the cost of ins- unlimited student loans. This is the only loan you can get in the United States that has no upper limit. You can take out billions if you want on student loans. Of course, sometimes 30% payback credit, and it will not die off. It will be inherited. So, what do you guys think of that? Yeah, well, yeah I think that's nuts.
2: Oh, go ahead.
1: yeah,
0: sorry. I mean, it's, it's obviously it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm in Europe where we don't have that bullshit. you should never pay for education. It's it's clearly that it's it's that some people, you know, people of color, of course, and poor people.
1: Just, this is just, their only way to get into something that serves society, or get into something so that serves themselves yeah, for but better. But why like
0: all the rich people they get into Harvard and they all in the good and then they keep going with good jobs and all of that. Like. Uh, uh, yeah I mean I'm of course right but government's job
1: (laughs) yeah government's job would be to provide the equal playing field and instead what they've done here in the U.S. they enabled the private uh, student loan market which is 30 percent sometimes uh uh, you know of interest to get your degree uh my husband is still paying his uh so I'm sure a lot of us uh, are still paying this Brian I don't know if you. oh yeah no I am
2: I am for sure and and I think it's one of of several ways that um, sort of wealth is not shared in our country, like like for instance, uh, you heard about this a lot pre Joe Biden getting elected, but there's a lot of conversations about how um, uh, we, you know we've segregated s- school systems by changing you know where the bus systems run. You've heard a lot about yeah. how people um, you know want to get a loan to start a small business, but if they're African American, banks don't think that they'll have the financial uh, backing to pay them back the money so they won't give them the, the loan which means they can't start a business of their own and so mm-hmm, they end mm-hmm. up you know not being able to build wealth that they could then pass to, to people uh, you yeah. know like their children right? which is which like is where, they're sort of holding
1: yeah. which is where white people or children get there you know they get all of a sudden maybe they get an inheritance and that's you know started somewhere uh, what well, the thing is though for government to do this should be to to thrive to enable the 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 poorer generation of people the poorer you know class of people to have a path you know ahead and not just you know this is I I mean I don't want to use this word lightly but I call this still slavery they are building a slave class with their policies and especially those white pig Republican Mitch McConnell's and the type. Well,
0: I mean, look at the CEO for Amazon and all of them. They're not paying taxes. But if they if they just gave a little bit of their wealth away, they could fix so many problems. But, I mean, that's a whole other change and that could go on. So.
1: Well, it is, <laughs> yeah. it is, though, but it comes from bad policies for schools. If you really want to build newer generations better. Well, it's time to start changing that and not just push everyone into college with $300,000 um, loans, but build out different systems. Well, maybe we will need plumbers. Maybe we will, our society will need different type of trained people. And, you know, however bad my training was in Hungary, I wasn't going to the highest university. I was going to a trade school in high school. And that did me right, honestly. It taught me a lot of skills. And that Layer is completely missing in the U.S. because of greed. They are pushing everyone to higher education who can do it, and at no co- at no unlimited costs, which is well, unheard of. I mean,
0: the biggest example: look, uh, prison is for profit. How the fuck does that mean? So sense?
2: true, so true. Yeah, our prison system is 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 filled with individuals who, um, you know, nonviolent. Def- yeah, yeah, like nonviolent offenses. Dime a dime bag of weed, like. Like so, so little drugs that it, it, they, I mean, they couldn't they couldn't have harmed anyone with with this amount of, of contraband. And for some reason they go away, and then there's all these other people who are well, they uh, are rich go and, away and because
1: because yeah, this exactly. is this is a, another way they don't say it's slavery, but that, guess where they are going to the prison where they're gonna do five cents a, a day a labor. For as a call there, responder there actually, or something.
0: Yeah, there is a documentary about that because that's how they make the profit. They make even more profit. It's it's, it's really. It's, it's really the new plantation, which I hate angry.
1: to say this in such a way, but it's disgusting, and I, I don't know how to say this, that that doesn't sound like oh a white girl is like just being snarky, but it is, the fuck, it's disgusting, and I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> once you see this, all about the U.S. I don't know where to run. I don't know what the fuck to do anymore because it's so deep. And
2: yeah, yeah, they they don't they don't present you with lots of sort of resolutions to those problems. And maybe that's that's a good thing to to start to talk about too. Is like how are how are individuals in our country, people, advocates, uh, people who are anti slavery, anti the new Jim Crow, who are you know staunchly in the corner uh, of of people who who need support. How are they sort of um, working against some of these societal norms to try to change the the culture? Um, and and I, I believe strongly that that Black Lives Matter tried to start some of that and got so much hatred and flack and and bad press because they wanted to protest right and they wanted to say this stuff is wrong. We have to stop, you know, this this cycle of violence and and uh, mismanaging, uh, how we handle, uh, each other's feelings and, and the, the wealth gap in our country and how we're teaching our children to hate each other. Like they were the, they were one of the first people in the past 10 years to just be like, we just have to stop. We just want, we just want everyone to just acknowledge that there's an issue and start to talk about how to change that. And I, I'm, I'm so interested in, in other people who are making that possible too. Like I, I try so hard to find those people on, on social media you know, to like uh, donate to causes that I feel are, are really important. And I vote, I try to vote ev- in every, mm-hmm. you know, uh, every time I can make my voice heard, I try to yeah. vote.
0: I mean, uh, in can Change
2: this. Good, yeah. good. Jeez. I, I just, I just wish, I just wish that that's what got promoted more is like, look at all these people who are trying to change what those people are doing too. Yeah,
1: uh, I, Not
2: just that this is bad, but that people are trying to change it.
1: Yeah, I I signed up for a Democratic Socialists uh, sort of newsletter. But I think it's the same thing what was going on back in the Black Panther days that the Democratic Socialists and the Black Lives Matter movement need to get together and figure out how to represent, you know, the people, which is the People's Party is a thing, which I don't know if you guys know about. But, you know, because of Because of how the Democrats and Republicans combined they behaved through the 90s and through, you know, many, many years. uh, And created these policies and and they did sell people's jobs globally, which was, you know, globally good. It's a difficult subject, but, you know, there was no replacement. There was no thought like, oh, wait a minute, what are people going to do? And how is this going to be handled? And all that is coming back, you know, now. And you know, it's, it's a difficult place to be.
2: Yeah. They, they, uh, they tried to tell Bernie Sanders years ago, I watched a really, really old clip of him on a television show and he, uh, Bernie Sanders, democratic socialist, uh, was, was in the the 2021 election and, and conceded to Joe Biden and, and, uh, and Joe Biden went on to win. Uh, they were talking to him about his, his, uh, policies and practices, um, for uh, him being a a government official in his state and it was the same messaging he's saying now that they thought he was nuts being a democratic socialist wanting to make sure that everybody has health care and that uh you know all the impoverished people have you know a homeless shelter to go to and a place to get food and like you know he wanted to share the wealth from the wealthy people down to the to the people who are not wealthy and they thought basic he was nuts human yeah.
0: yeah yeah they thought
2: he was insane right and he comes back with this years and years and years this man's been in government for so long saying the same message he's on message which is one of the things I really like about Bernie is that he didn't he didn't become a politician and try to you know change his message to fit people who might vote for him or what he was like we need to help the people in the, the bottom you know 80% of this country the top You know, 1% of this country make millions and millions of dollars every year. And they don't give any of it to any of the people who really need it at the bottom. And they
1: compound. They compound it. And it it creates such wealth that just sits there, to be honest. And
2: exactly, this
1: is disgusting to the point when it's like, well, the rest, how can you live with that? When the rest is on the street shooting up due to their incapability to to cope. Uh, It is, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I think I think um, people like Bernie Sanders and I don't I don't know that I would call myself a democratic socialist. But but I I know that I believe in his messaging in that I don't want to to continue to perpetuate a society where we don't reach out a hand to those who need it. And I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that anybody who's listening to this podcast needs to, like, donate every paycheck they have. To the homeless, yeah, but
1: that's not you, the solution. You should be
2: giving what you should give,
1: and enabling is not a solution. That's my thing because I have a lot of uh, friends who are like, "Well, just you know," I see them like hand money, hand money, hand money, and that's not. I think that's not the solution because you're fighting a system that's being abandoned, and not what is the solution is build back a system where you can work as a healthcare worker and a tr- you know, as a as a psychiatrist, psychologist for everyone, not just the top, you know. Uh, percentage who like, oh, I'm dealing with my, uh, you know, first world problems, but they are dealing with real problems and create system that that addresses that, you know, but not in a manner that, oh, let's just build ghettos. And that's where the ghetto housing will be. Well, can we do better? I I mean, can we? That is the real question. How that's intelligent it. are we as human race, right? That's my question.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, 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 they literally just landed A piece of technology on mars and and we can we can sample you know portions of the surface of mars from hundreds and hundreds of of light years away right that thousands of light years away and we we can't create a system where we could potentially help you know the homeless population Yeah, yeah the needy. Feed
0: everybody.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean we don't we don't have to tackle all the problems at the same time. But you're telling me that we can put people in space, tra- mm. have them travel safely, and come back. But we can't create a system where police officers are only sent to s- scenes of crimes where the person is is known to be violent and has a weapon and could harm others. And then in all other situations, we send a healthcare worker and uh, a public servant. And, and some of these things that people actually need, we, we can't, we can't conquer that problem, but we can, we can, Elon Musk can create a rocket Ugh. that can go into space and land back down without breaking all of the parts off. Like that, we, we, we have to be able to do better. We
0: have to you know. Yeah. But people are still going hungry. I know it's just,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of insidious because it, I, to me, it comes down to this, these uh top, 10 20% actually i believe it's a large percentage of wealth owners maybe even worldwide eventually will just be like well we'll, we'll create this society play- layer that's just and to i think some of the some of the policies come still with this idea that there has to be a a servant part of society um i mean i don't have anything else uh, you know sometimes i have these negative thoughts about it and you know elon musk is not really furthering that thought any better because i think he's like thinking oh i'll just create my master race you know here and here and here hopefully on mars maybe some other planet or whatever you know he's thinking completely irrationally amassing the wealth and while he's doing some you know positive things in like recycling obviously reusing his rocket parts he's one of the contributors he's one of the contributors
2: yeah yeah, that's Societally. why I think we really need to continue to to vote. We need to create a scenario where these people can't pass the policies you're talking about—the ones that you know segregate communities, that displace the homeless, that you know s- send all of the wealth to those top you know five percent, the Amazon, the all those people who are already t- you know tax exempt and continue to let them to grow wealth. We need to create a society. We need to we need to vote in. People who want to create a society that helps everyone, and and not just those people at the top who have the power. That's that's why I really I, I'm I'm all for uh, the discussions that happened during the 2021 election about um, stopping lobbying and, and some of these 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 major corporations who put funding behind these people who they want to get elected, who then have to pay them back in in favoritism later when they get elected yeah. I, I want I want politics to be about the best person for the job
1: yeah and this and is basically for so long it hasn't been lo- Lobbying is basically institutionalized bribery which is allowed in the. US they just call it exactly. lobbying
2: yeah yeah I think I think that, that that topic and and more topics like that where um, the every man can't actually get their voice heard, need to be abolished we need to create a, a system like if we're really about you know my vote counts I, I want my voice heard we should hear everybody's voice
1: yeah yeah I, I mean agree. I hope discussions like this will help to to kind of get more people involved and you know they'll I mean I don't exactly know how to find a way beyond uh, joining this one place and I haven't gone to any meeting I don't know how it goes but uh, you know if it seems active, at least and maybe I'll I'll, I'll, I'll emerge one day and I like okay I'll, I'll go and I listen but right now I to be honest the two-party system is, is a bit of a blocker and then the Democrats are seem to be changing for the better but it's hope, all of a so. bit of a it's all of a bit of a sheep's clothing thing to me
2: I I, I don't know that I, I wholly agree with that I think there are some real there are some real advocates uh, out there for, for, you know, the person who is just trying to make ends meet. I, I don't know that I'll say that the entire democratic party is, is full of saints, right. Or, or that the entire de- Republican party is full of, of sinners or whatever, whatever, you know, moniker you want to give them for good and bad. But I, but I do think there are people out there, uh, whose messages feel genuine. Um, you know, the AOCs and the Bernie Sanders is, I, I think, you know, for what it's worth, on a on maybe a more um, positive note, we did get our first African American uh, and female vice, vice president. Yes. Right this year. This this year, which is great. Yes. And the 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 you know the Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi is is a woman and she's been there for a long time. And they got to bump elbows, you know, at yeah. the at the most recent address. Well, and some of us just, think
1: about that that you know Nancy Pelosi is is way past her time. And she's one of those oligarch ladies that just talks the talk, not walks the walk, but yeah,
2: (laughs) I, I agree that she's been there for a long time, but I, but I do think that when it's possible, she has, she has, um, the, the interest uh, of children and people of color who need help, uh, at heart. And I think politics and lots of, and, and, and that's a whole nother discussion, but a lot of, uh, politics sort of, um, handcuffs people, uh, to ideals and situations where they can't actually sort of uh, change change policy the way that they want to. Uh, that, that's why we have the sort of the the, the House. Uh, the, that's why we have um, Congress and and uh, the White House and and these bodies of government that are sort of separate. They're supposed to be separate, and then in some ways we sort of mix it all together and make it really unfair for people. But
1: yeah, um, <laughs> make it I, unfair in I, the end. But
2: yeah. I just think I think that's something to celebrate though that Kamala Harris got got elected and that's mm-hmm. another step too to me.
0: Yeah. And um just one more did you after George Floyd did you see um how the Black Lives Matter movement was around the world? I mean, did you did you follow any of that Brian or did you see any of that?
2: Yeah, I saw been... I saw celebrations and and pictures and Everywhere, people crying yeah. in the streets and and yeah, and honestly, you know, I had my moment, right? I I mm-hmm i said a a a small uh prayer to the to the universe that um that felt like yeah something got put right for that one moment we get to see someone who did a bad thing go away uh and and so yeah i i i'm totally in the camp of god we 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 gotta win
0: we got, I mean I got I, I still get like goosebumps when I drive for example here in the autobahn and then I see like hashtags #BLM or something you know I see all these things that I'm like wow the whole world reacted to this
2: the whole yeah. world and and there's you know there's uh, Black Lives Matter uh, plaza uh, which is like that what they renamed the street in front of the White House which is great right that's that's we we, we just need to put that stuff in people's faces more we, we just need to s- just say, like... Yeah,
1: well, we, we need a bit of an action now. We need a bit of an action because all these patterns and all this talk is great. And I think yeah. it started something, but, like, I'm more of an action type of person. Like, okay, okay, well, we need to do stuff, not just talk about stuff. And this is beautiful. The painting is great. But, like, you know, hello, like, action. No,
0: I'm just... I was, I was just moved how the entire world reacted after
1: George Floyd's death. Like, the
0: whole world went up and, like... It wasn't just America that had all these protests and the whole movement going. It was in Ireland, even. In Ireland, it was on full lockdown when I was there. And people actually went on the streets and, you know, screamed Black Lives Matter. And it's just, I, mean, I don't know. It's for Europe, I think it's it huge,
1: especially uh, because Europe hasn't always been also. Like, it's been one of those places where people thought, well, we are white. We are better than, uh, you know. And- well, I don't
0: know. If they think they're better. But for example, Germany, we don't have a lot of black people. And and we call it black people because obviously the people that are here that are black, they're not Americans so they're not African-American. They're just African (laughs) or black. (laughs) So that's why I call them that. Um, but yeah, in America, they call it African-American, but here they're not American. So I, that's why I always say black people. But anyways, I, I still was moved that, that that the people cared so much and people in countries where there aren't a lot of black people, where they don't see people of color every day and they still cared. They still cared enough to go out and do, whether I did something or not. I, I mean, I feel, I feel like it did something just, just
1: for the whole world yeah globally see. which but is everybody yeah, amazing like, to see you know,
0: solidarity and like that
1: was you know showing which side we're on i and, can't and wait to see what sh- what should i do next what's the action part though
2: <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I i agree that that action is important but those that's where i that's why i keep harping on those things about voting and, and donating and and um mm-hmm. you know and doing being of service right like i'm not yes. saying everybody needs to be a social worker because i think that job is very specifically for people who uh, you know, can be em- empathic and and can listen to people's issues and and give them the right kind of guidance. But I do think we need to be the kind of people who don't look at those who are less fortunate and and say I can't do anything either. I agree with Nora that that there is something you can do, and and that what you can do is vote and donate and volunteer and 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 be of service.
1: Or is the major that, thing is, that. Go and so say. many other ways to be of
0: service than just to give money. I mean, there's like a thousand ways I could list that you could be of service and be an ally without having to spend any money if you don't have it. I'd
1: yeah, I think to. there is the grassroots and then you can go and volunteer. But I would like to see more government action. Actually, Joe Biden in the first hundred days finally put out a plan to at least help families with children. So preschool... Possibly, finally, maybe in the US be, will be free from age three and four, which is, you know, and then and then I can't wait to see the fixing of the public uh, school system because this this is how the next generation is being raised. And if you if you don't teach the next generation skills that they need, they'll end up in bad places, you know, and that those yeah. those will be he, everyone's problem.
2: He also talked a lot about um, wanting to help um, pay for public school, like, uh, like colleges, public colleges, colleges. uh, you know, to touch on your point from before about how, um, education is, is the, the key to sort of changing the culture. I, I believe that to be true too. And and that's one of the reasons I voted for him. I was like, yeah, it'd be nice if someone would consider the fact that we all want to go to school, but we don't have the financial means or, or whatever it is. I think, um, you know, stuff like that by the government if we're talking about action by the government is a step in the right direction as well
1: yeah i mean i'm so happy you were here brian you, the conversation was amazing what do you think stephanie
0: oh my god yeah i could go on for hours and hours and hours i mean this
1: topic is obviously endless as well it's but it's great to talk to
2: oh i appreciate it thank you for having me seriously this was this was this was great
1: yeah, yeah thank, thank you, you brian so and uh, yeah. we hope maybe to have you back one day if something happens in politics or some some news comes <laughs> up.
2: <laughs> sure, yeah, I'd love to, please.
1: Because yeah, our yeah, our, path, be our path our are not in politics, but we want to be involved. I think as much as the new generation is, and you know, just... I
0: whenever mean, we can educate ourselves or our audience or anybody, um, it's it's always a great opportunity. So uh, you're always you're always open to come on. Like I love to talk to you.
2: Oh, thank you so
0: much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Brian. (laughs) Bye. 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 And that was our interview with um, Nora's friend Brian. It was was super interesting. I mean, we could have gone on for hours if you didn't notice. Um, And next time, since we just had the Oscars, we're going to watch uh, several of the movies and going to talk about all of the movies and give our honest opinion about them. What do you think, Nora?
1: Yeah, I loved, I watched all the movies that were nominated, well, most of them that were nominated in various categories and I can't wait to talk about the movies and it will be a bit of a lighter subject which sometimes we deserve, you know but
0: yeah i mean you have to go yeah I mean, you can't always
1: be heavy but
0: if you want to follow us follow us on your trash weekly on all the things we are on twitter facebook and instagram and if you want to email us if you want to come on if you have anything to say email us at your trash weekly at com. and please on apple podcast give us a five-star review that would be so nice. Yep. And
1: thank if you, you. just want to listen to our pod easily for free, it's on SoundCloud. Just Google Your Trash Weekly. We'll be there. One of the first results. <laughs> thank you so and... much for listening. Bye. Yeah. Thank you. Bye.
0: <laughs>